This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, September 20th. So, Corey, you at high school volleyball. I heard it was a uh, ruckus or a uh, uh, whatever. It was a, it was a fun vibe last night in Monaga. Uh, yeah, uh, Staples Motley went on the road last night, beat Monaga 3-1. to one. Uh, the Braves took the first set in their home floor, but then the Cardinals came back and and uh, and took the next three. Uh, in my uh, lifetime now of of being here, which is a little more than a decade, uh-huh. um, uh, there are two student sections that have always kind of stood out to me as as maybe the most boisterous mm-hmm. on a on a consistent basis, and I use boisterous positively they're just kind of uh, always wild no matter what mm-hmm. it is Monaga and it is Staples Motley and they were in the same gym for just a regular regular season game <laughs> uh, they don't even play in the same section there was almost nothing at stake and those two student sections didn't leave each other alone the entire night it was awesome so what was the scene like when you were there? Kind of describe to us what was going on. What made uh what made it what made it awesome? They're just wi- they're just wild. Like it was um it was like Hawaiian night or beach night for Monaga. So there were Hawaiian shirts everywhere. P- there were there were like the old Metrodome days, there were beach balls being hit around in this in the stand. Staples Motley was there. They were blacked out entirely. And uh um they just I don't know if they directed any of their attention to what was happening on the court even at all. They were just like <laughs> chanting back and forth to each other the whole time, kind of exactly what you'd want a student section to do. There were that you would have imagined it if you would have just like had cameras fixed on the student sections, you would have imagined it to have been like like a subsection semifinal, a sub you know what I mean? Right. It had some those kind sorts of playoff of game. like well, they're just really getting after each other and really into it. But it was almost like there were two things going on. There was a volleyball match, and then who could say the next weird thing to each other <laughs> <laughs> out of the student sections? It was it was cool. But the Cardinals went on the road. They end up getting a 3-1 victory. And uh, we have more volleyball we should mention tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Bertha Hewitt at Wadena Deer Creek, Park Region Conference Volleyball uh, on the Superstation tomorrow evening. Big night in the PRC. Uh, so, uh, let's talk a little Twins baseball here, Corey. The the Twins, they lost on Monday night 7-3, to and yep. they came back and responded with a 7-0 win, five shutout innings from Kenta Maeda uh, to help put the Twins in position. Bullpen was uh, uh, not perfect in the sense of they retired everybody, but perfect in the sense of no runs over four innings to help get the Twins a 7-0 shutout win in what will probably be known as the Willie Castro game. Uh, he had a two-run home run, uh, uh, had a, a diving uh, catch early in the game, and then robbed a guy of a home run later in the game. Like uh, Willie Castro did his best Torrey Hunter 2006 impression with like just how many times he was just making plays and then came up and hit. Willie Castro has got to be the best free agent signing of the twins like this decade as in terms of he was a minor league free agent. Like he was just a guy the twins expected to just be a warm body that like every once in a while they could call up. I mean, he barely made the 26 man roster on opening day only because guys like uh, 
Jorge Polanco weren't ready to go, and it just kind of opened up some holes in the roster for him to find a spot. He's having a career year and is like somebody I didn't think could keep this up all season long. Uh, he has. He's done a really good job, and he's vital because he can play shortstop. He can play corner outfield. He can play center field. He can play third base, and he can hit a little bit too. He can steal some bases. He leads the Twins in stolen bases this year, I think. Uh, I'll, I'd have to look up the number, but it's more than you'd think uh, based off the Twins' recent stolen base history. He likes to steal bases. He does, yeah. He uh, doesn't begrudgingly. He That's like a, a, a part of what he does. Turns out the Twins never stole bases because all their guys had cinder block feet outside of Byron Buxton. Right. Uh, and so... I mean, he's having himself a great year. So yesterday should be known as the Willie Castro game. Uh, the Twins won. To say, by the way, to just piggyback on that, yeah. to say that he's contributed this year sounds like an understatement and disrespectful. It's not. The way, like, he is officially, he's contributed in a big, big way for this team this season. If you're a wins above replacement guy, uh, look at, and this is not going to feel good to the ego of a couple of the Twins guys, look at the wins above replacement, which isn't the be-all, end-all, but a good modifier of how good he's been this season. Uh, His wins above replacement is above that of Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton. Yeah, and he is a replacement guy. Yeah, <laughs> he is the replacement. So that's it. and he's been Impressive. having yeah he's been having a career year. It's been great for him. Yep. Cleveland also lost yesterday. They've lost two in a row to the Kansas City Royals and all those waiver claim guys that they picked up. Remember a couple weeks ago and they were like Cleveland's making a run and they got in the way of all these other teams that could have used them. Uh, they've at least caught one of them now. Uh, Matt Moore got picked up by the Marlins. I've never seen a, seen a team quit quite like the Cleveland Guardians after the Twins played them in Cleveland. They've just stopped caring altogether. It's over. It's over for them. Uh, so, you know, as we talked about yesterday, Corey, you want the Twins to still have some kind of positive momentum going to the end of the season, but uh, the Twins don't have to win another game this season, and they're going to win the American League Central. That's pretty much that's pretty much true. Yeah, the magic number dropped down to three. Um, you do the same thing today that you did yesterday, and the magic number is down to one. Um, it seems like we're probably just going to miss out. The Twins don't play Thursday. I don't know Cleveland's schedule if they play they, Thursday They or play not. Thursday. They start a four-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. So we could be chatting Friday morning about a uh, about a division victory, which would be pretty awesome. The earliest it can happen would be Friday morning. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, part of me kind of wants Cleveland to win one game over the next two so the Twins can clinch at home, like after a game, or like after a win. You know what I mean? Like allow them to kind of have that post-game locker room celebration a little sure. bit because it's fun. And I know in other sports, everybody's like, oh, why do uh, why do baseball players pomp champagne just for making the playoffs? It's like because it's really hard. The Major League Baseball playoffs are the hardest to get into. It's a long season. Uh, it's just fun to see guys celebrate like that. And it's more fun because it's my team. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the caveat there. Uh, with that, there's a an interesting argument though. Is a lot of people uh, brings up the the classic argument every single time. Corey's, well, why do the Twins even bother celebrating winning this pathetic American League Central? Like, why you know why why there's other teams that should be more willing to make the play that are more deserving to make the playoffs. The Twins shouldn't be celebrating just barely being over 500 and winning the American League Central. To which I will say, as a counter, uh, that's all true. And the Twins definitely are not the juggernaut coming into the postseason that they may have been in other years. But, like, 
The Twins can't break the playoff losing streak if they don't get into the playoffs in the first place. <laughs> I don't care how my team... This is also like me just being a homer. I don't care. The system benefits my team. Therefore, I like it. And therefore, the Twins get into the playoffs. And it's better than not seeing my favorite baseball team in the playoffs. So I'm not even going to bother worrying about the fact that the Twins play in the American League Central. I think you could argue that... Um, um uh, if you believed that other stuff to be true, yeah, that that would be more reason to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Look at we made it. Holy buckets! Not a single person on the planet, maybe even us, don't believe that we should be in the playoffs. And by the way, here's my one last tidbit: uh, the Astros lost yesterday to Baltimore. Baltimore is on the verge of sweeping Houston in Houston, uh, and the Twins are only three games back of the coveted two seed. For the American League playoffs. Oh, fascinating. With uh, how many games are left? Ten? Ten games left. Twins are three games back. Uh, Houston plays Baltimore again today. They have then a series with the Royals, but then they have a series with the Mariners and Diamondbacks, both of whom are fighting to stay in the playoffs, playoff race. So potentially if the Twins get really hot in this last week and the Astros falter a little bit, uh, the Twins could potentially sneak into a two-seed after, again, all this talk of how bad the American League Central is. Well, it probably won't happen. But. If somebody's using the argument like you made that uh, they're barely a 500 baseball team, that's just not right. That was true. It was true at the All-Star break that uh-huh. they were barely a 500 team. They're they're not barely a 500 team anymore. They're better than that. They're not a juggernaut, right? They're not going to be a 100-plus win Baltimore team. They're not Atlanta. Uh, they're not Atlanta. That's, that's fine. They're, they're going to... It's going to end with a respectable... Um, They'll finish with like 86 wins, probably. It's fine. It's not yeah. great, but, you know, it's not like an embarrassing number. Right. The two thousand. Nobody goes back in time, by the way, and says, oh, you know, the 2009 Twins, I'm so glad that they are... Nobody says, like, I really wish the 2009 Twins didn't make the playoffs. Even though the 2009 Twins... Uh, we're like floating around 500 the entire year and just got hot in the last two weeks of the season to barely win a bad AL Central that year. But do, does anybody want to go back and wipe away 2009, or do people still talk about the 2009 season fondly all the time? Do we want to talk about Royce? Uh, uh, he, so he left yesterday's game with a hamstring. He's day-to-day. Everybody on Twins Twitter was freaking out. There's one guy who's like, I think we just lost Royce for the postseason. And I'm like, hold Hold up here. Uh, people said the same thing with Correa the other day. Like, he's not playing, and, and the Twins pulled him early. Does that mean that they're, something's wrong? It's, no, the Twins are like, hmm, these guys could get hurt, and if we have to get, like, if they're out for two weeks, uh, they're missing the playoffs. So if they feel any kind of injury at all, we're just going to pull them uh, proactively out of an abundance of caution. But Lewis's l- injury was worse than proactiveness. He did hurt himself. He that did. was very evident, right? He did. But I think if you could see like the clip of him talking to Jace Tingler, you could see this is the second time when he comes out. Jace uh, Tingler, who's acting manager for Rocco Baldelli. Uh, Rocco Baldelli's wife had twins, of course. Uh, but, yeah, I, it, it basically looked like Lewis is kind of like, come on, can I just stay in the game? And Tingler's like, no, we're just going to we're gonna pull you. So I think they're probably not going to play today, Lewis or Correa. There's an off day tomorrow, and they'll probably get worked back in with a game or two in each series for the rest of the season. Off day on Monday also, by the way. Exactly. So maybe he doesn't even play once through the weekend. Right. But is back at it on Tuesday next, whatever. There's no need to put anybody on the injured list either. 
because, one, it's 10 days, so they come back and they have two games to try and ramp up for the postseason. You don't want to do that. And you also would have to make a 40-man roster spot to call somebody up. And the Twins already have a 40-man roster crunch coming with uh, Brock Stewart, uh, the Twins reliever. Remember him in the first half of the season? Probably their best reliever outside of Duran in that first half. He's back throwing 98 miles an hour for St. Paul in a rehab start. Chris Paddock, remember him? He's coming back from Tommy John surgery from last year. He's going to probably be a playoff arm, kind of like Louis Varland will be. For the Twins, he's throwing 98 in St. Paul yesterday, and Jorge Alcala was throwing 97. So the Twins are going to have guys coming up from St. Paul to help out, and it doesn't make any sense to like finagle the roster back and forth. They're just going to rest those guys. I'm not concerned. The fact that Royce is day-to-day after whatever the heck that was, I think the Twins will be okay. Fair. Uh, one last thing, Corey, before you go here. Uh, so the Timberwolves are having their 35th anniversary season this year, okay. uh, I believe is how the math works out on that. But uh, they are going to uh, bring back the classic uniforms that they wore when they first became a franchise. Nice. Those classic whites with just the wolves across the front and blue with green trim. Love it. It's going to be great. I, I am fully looking forward to that. That's rumored, but it everybody's kind of feeling like that's going to happen. The uniform they just stole straight up from the Chicago Bulls. Pretty much, yes. I love it. I love those uniforms. And so Kevin Garnett, uh, was he has this podcast for... Uh, HBO or whatever it is. He was talking with Paul Pierce about Cat and Ant and their relationship. I want you to hear what he said. I'm looking for him to have a big year. Just off how he looked this summer. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He ready chilling. to take over? He ready to take over as yeah, a guy? He, bro, he, you know what it is, P? He has too big of a, of a, of a, a personality to, to be Robin. So no. it's He's time. So too big think, of a personality. So you think it's time for Cat to oh, take no, a step back? It's time back? for them to come together and, and be that one. That, that yeah. one. That Cat one. Might, but should Cat take a step back? <laughs> take a step back. Should he take a step? It back ain't to about stepping back. It's about both of them going forward together. They they yeah, both I mean, are the faces of the of the of the franchise. This one, me and Steph couldn't get together. This one, me and you work because you got to have a yin and a yang. So there, he's talking a little bit about uh, you know because everybody that's the discourse. It's Ant's team now. Cat needs to step aside, and KG, who of course n- played with Cat in his final season in Minnesota in Cat's rookie year, obviously he's very fond of him. But, like, he's saying, he's talking to Paul Pierce. He's like, that's why me and you worked, Paul Pierce. That's why me and Stefan Marbury, like, that's why we didn't work. Like, he's talking about all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, it's a great point. I love the point because as he was saying that and Pierce is trying to, like, goad him into, so that means Cat needs to step back. I like that. No, they need to move forward together. Remember those Celtics teams that they played on? Like, Garnett and Pierce were the driving personalities together now Mm -hmm. maybe uh the point that pierce is trying to get to is that like it's got to be ant's team the ball needs to be in his hands he needs to be the decision maker at the end of these games sure but they're like cat doesn't need to step aside production wise no that'd be ridiculous no it's not and that's the thing it's like he's talking about the yin and the yang like i think there is a yin and a yang with that like cat is a weird he's a weird dude but like he's not as like Ant is the guy you want to put in front of the camera. Ant's also weird, by the way. He's weird, but like, <laughs> in, 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 people are more endeared to Ant's weirdness than they are to Carl's weirdness. Absolutely. That's kind of the way that it's been. So, like, if that's what he means, sure. But, yeah, like, there's no reason why a uh, cat has to necessarily 
be this number two option. There's no reason why Carl Anthony Towns just has to be like, all right, I'm just a bum. It's Ant's team. Like that's and that's what Kevin Garnett's trying to get at. It's like those two can do some special things together. Those two, and Corey talks about this all the time. Uh, there's no Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns like those two guys do too much of the same thing. And like, how do we make that work with? Ant and Cat, those two are different players. Their styles of play are different, and their advantages and disadvantages are different. So why do they have to push each other aside? Why can't they play together and be really good? And that's the that's the hype for the Timberwolves season. I know the Wild start training camp pretty quick, but uh, you know, school Wolves, school Wild, uh, go Twins though, and you know the Vikings are doing their own thing there. This is the morning sports desk for Wednesday, September twentieth.